All right, we are back. Another episode of Pwned. Jack, kicking off season four pretty strong here. What's kind of what's kind of top of mind for you? Well, you know, we had a call, an inbound the other day from uh, one of the folks we deal with from a public relations perspective, and they were asking a question that I thought you know, you'd love to talk about. Uh, one we've talked a little bit about in the past, we can into a little bit more detail. It's with respect to the role of the CISO and some of the disconnects that occur between hiring a person who may be available but junior for the role, the expectations that get set for them, and from both sides of the coin, how do we recommend that organizations sort of make sure that they don't do that and misset the expectations? Or if you're the person you thought you were pretty awesome and you landed and you realized, wow, I'm 11, you know, how do they handle it? So uh, first off, you know, let's talk a little bit about maybe places where you've seen this happen. We deal with a lot of folks. I see it happen more often than not. Honestly, usually I see that folks who are actually qualified to do the role as they're in pretty high level positions that they're pretty well compensated and they're deeply entrenched and they're very hard to get out mm. of, of those roles, right? Like they are there for a reason. Their companies recognize their value and have made it so that they're not leaving <laughs> without, without some discomfort. The junior role thing is an interesting one or like a, like a, a junior skill set in a senior role, honestly, like, I think like plagues our industry, whether you're like a security leader or you're, you're you know, you're, you're a different role, you know, like the, the really challenging thing about it is in that scenario, like it's not fair to anybody. Right. And because of whatever reason you end up in that scenario where, you know, you have a junior level skill set and a senior level role with a senior level responsibility is like, you're not doing yourself any favors. And you're certainly not doing the company you work for any favors. And that's kind of hard to come to grips with, right? And the unfortunate side effect of that is you have disgruntled or dissatisfied employee because they don't have the toolkits, social or technical, in order to do the job. And then you have a company that just ends up frustrated, right? That gets a bad view of what a security person is and is supposed to do. And it really sets a bad tone for the person that comes in after, because there's always a person that comes in after, especially in that scenario. And it just sets up for bad feelings all the way around. Let's actually talk about because I've seen, obviously, the same, the, a lot of the same things. And I like the way you broke up the, the ways in which that person who they brought on to do the job or ascended into the job could find themselves underpowered. Uh, you know, in one sense, they could simply not have broad enough or deep enough cybersecurity experience if that happens, or maybe they're awesome at that and they just don't have enough communications experience, whether written or just understanding the language of business as opposed to language of technology. Since we try really, really hard in Pwned to give constructive advice, so not just sort of point and laugh, which is like not fun. Well, it is fun, but it's not what we should be doing. Let, I think it'd be fun to talk a little bit about ways in which folks can find their way through that, right? Who find themselves in that role and they're like, all right, I do enjoy this role. I've always aspired to being the head of security. I've finally found it and I realized like I'm kind of hosed. I'll tell you, you know, one thing I've seen individuals do pretty effectively is to leverage their networks, right? So they find themselves in the role. They typically have gotten to where they're at because they are communicating a lot, you know, through the various cybersecurity forums, through LinkedIn, what have you. Um, they actually have you know, connections inside the community. And I've found that some of those folks end up reaching out, hey, I've got myself in a new scenario. I'm not exactly sure what to do next. You know, some of that can be helpful. And I've also seen them use that, and I've actually seen organizations pull me in this way, uh, where they say, listen, how about you come work with me for a little bit? 
I'm going to call you a strategic advisor, right? Um, and they can find somebody who perhaps has the industry expertise or the communications expertise or the technology expertise that they lack and find a way to mitigate what they don't know with some external resources, the purpose being not just to solve the immediate problem, but also to use that resource to train themselves up. And so from a senior level perspective, as the folks who put them in the role, those folks think you're just smart and have a great network and are bringing in other experts, which is great, assuming they can afford it. And you can actually find a way to educate yourself out of that feeling of inadequacy. Have you had folks reach out to you the same way? I'm sure you have. I have people reach out intraday. <laughs> I mean, aside from me. <laughs> yeah. Aside from you, I still have others reaching out during the day. And most people is people I haven't met before, but, and like, I'm kind of meeting them for the first time and they've listened to us here or they've seen us elsewhere. And um, in all cases, it's the two general flavors of question I get is like one career advice, right? Like, what would you recommend here? But also there's been situations saying like, Hey, I'm in this role. I need to make more progress and I need to move this thing along. Like, what would you recommend we do? Right. How do we get more budget funding or what tactics would you advise that um, I start to employ in order to get more attention to this. And those are always interesting conversations with folks. But, you know, like kind of going back to what you're talking about earlier was um, you kind of made the comment about trying to like keep this positive and like, what do you do if you find yourself in that situation? And and really like, I don't know, this might be an oversimplification of it, but I, I see the options in front of someone in that role as pretty clear, assuming there's a level of self-awareness, right? And if, if you're that person is saying, okay, like I realize I'm in, I'm in this role, right? Like I was super excited for it. I thought I was ready for it. Um, but it's turned out like now I'm in it. I got a lot of work to do. And to me, like the options are pretty clear at that point, right? Of like, like how you get help. Option one is you really double down, right? Start reading, start doing research, start seeking ways to um, shortcome uh, skill sets, right? Like I take myself as an example here is like, there's things that I come across in my day to day, right? There's things within our business I come across in day to day that I just don't know about. And there's one we're working on now, Jack, right? Is there's, there's initiative we have underway. I'm not up to speed on it. Like I could, and there's no one else in the organization who's up to speed on it as, as they've had the opportunity to be right. Like it's brand new for everybody, new muscles, but like I'm spending time going to training myself. I'm reading books about this topic to try to become more aware about technical configurations, architectural configurations for the standpoint of like trying to put my best foot forward for the organization and also trying to be in a position where we can like help coach and direct staff, right? And without that added effort to, tr to try to be better, there's a lot left up to chance, right? And I'm not willing to leave it to chance, right? Like I want to take action and try to, you know, try to make some shortcomings, right? So that's kind of one, one path. That's kind of like the self-help path. The other one is like the path that you offer, which is one I really like a lot is saying like phone a friend. One of the things like our industry is really good about is if you reach out to someone who's been in the industry for a while and say, hey, like I'm putting my hand up, I have questions, I need help. Can you give me 10 minutes and help coach me through this? Like people are gonna do it. Like there's no shortage of people willing to help. What there is seemingly at, at times is there's a shortage of people asking for help. So we have a kind of like the self-help, we have the phone a friend, and then there's really like ask the organization that you work with for help. And here's the thing for any organization that I've worked with that is a good company to work for is when you put your hand up and you ask your peers to say, hey, like I'm getting stuck on this. 
this is something that like we have to do because of whatever reason it's compliance related, it's a security best practice. Help me navigate this internally. Like, or if you were in my position, how would you address it? And good people are are wired in a way where if someone asks you for help, you're inclined to help them, right? And so um, that's kind of like reaching within your own organization for help. And I, I guess I kind of say this, like there's a lot of avenues to get help, to be better, to improve. And like, that's kind of the spirit of this, right? I was always trying to be better. And it really starts with um, with kind of a, a point of, of self-awareness and it shouldn't be all like gloom and despair. Like I think there's a path for people that actually give a shit and who are trying to work hard. And as we try to avoid gloom and despair, I wanted to, to hit it from the other side as well, right? So. There are organizations that are going to find out, wow, we really didn't know exactly what we were hiring for or who to promote into this role. And they find themselves not necessarily achieving all the marks they wanted to hit with their new CISO. And I'd encourage them to be as supportive as what you just described, Justin, right? So I don't expect every CEO to have your willingness to go dig in and learn all about it themselves so they can figure out how to necessarily help other folks along the same path. And for those of our listeners who may not have heard the episode that we had done around finding the super CISO, uh, we'll repost in the show notes. Um, the recommendations we made for characteristics and interview whatever's uh, for a great to bring on a great CISO so you have better expectation setting. But I also like to just like highlight the responsibility of the organization for improving that CISO themselves, right? So I think that because as an industry, we've done such a poor job of defining what the actual role is and expectations for a CISO should be, that it's common for folks to find themselves in this situation, even if they are self-aware, right? Because the question they were asked was, do you know a lot about security? And they said, yeah, I think so. And they said, okay, here's the job. And they didn't realize that knowing a lot about security meant SCADA systems or IoT or GLBA or capital requirements for Basel II, whatever, right? They just didn't know necessarily the detail and they weren't asked about them, right? And so I'd encourage the organizations that find themselves in the position of questioning their choice and the appropriate seniority of the folks they have in the job to realize that number one, hey, you get somebody who took the stupid job, right? In in a world of hundreds of thousands of open security jobs, yours is full. Now it might be three quarters full, right? Because the individual isn't everything you're hoping for, but at least it's three quarters full. Second thing is something that Justin mentioned earlier and that we talk a lot in the show about, which is the requirement that the person in the role understand the business and be sensitive to the balance between security and the initiatives associated with the business's success. And this person, they got that too. So, so one of the things I'd like to encourage them to do is, is do some of what you said, right? Is to be supportive of an individual who finds themselves in the job. If you're more aware of their self than they are, help them in a gentle way to understand that they got to grow some of those skills, whether it's skills associated with communications or skills associated with technology. But realize that just by having someone who cares about your organization, who also cares about cybersecurity, you're sort of head and shoulders are, uh, you know, among a lot of organizations who find themselves worried about security with no body in the seat or finding a body in the seat who doesn't get jack about the uh, the actual business, right? And they're just all about security. So, you know, I think it's important for folks to think about, you know, the good recommendations you make in terms of getting themselves smarter, but also for the people who are managing them or who hired them or put them in the slot, realize that you're ahead of the game just by having somebody who is at least modestly talented with a modest amount of history and maybe helping them grow up as well. Yeah. The other side to this that I would just kind of throw in as um, related Maybe maybe in a parallel line uh, sort is uh, I see a lot of people in this role, perhaps in a de facto type of fashion, 
trying to fulfill the role, even though they're never set up to be successful in the first place. I'll give you like a real example. So someone recently chatted with works for a finance and insurance company. They are governed by New York's Department of Finance, NYCRR 500, which is a data security standard for insurance companies registered to do business within the state of New York. Within that regulation, it makes a comment, has a requirement to have a chief information security officer effectively opine or like sign off or like certify that um, these things are being done, right? These, these security controls are being implemented within the environment. But in this case, the person who's in charge of security is a lone technical person who's also in charge of the help desk and in charge of deploying endpoints and is in charge of maintaining servers, right? And is is otherwise like a very hands-on technical resource. And the question that I asked this person on the theme of like what you just talked about, Jack was saying, I was like, hey, like this is a role like you aspire to have, you aspire to fulfill the aspiration of a chief information security officer, your name's next to it on the paper. And the person's getting really frustrated. It's like, I don't feel like I'm doing all the things I should be doing. I was like, well, let me ask him. I was like, how do your initiatives, how do security initiatives further business objectives? I was like, I don't know what the business objectives are. Like, I don't know how what I do ties to that. I was like, well, it's like, have you asked? He's like, I've asked and they kind of like laughed me away and said it's not important, right? Because like he's low, low enough down in the organization. And I see pockets of that still, right? Where there's just, there's some recognition that needs to come at the business level of saying like, you've probably identified the wrong person within your organization to fulfill this role. And rather the person signing off as a CISO should in fact be more of an executive in the company, right? And to the extent that those individuals fulfill a CISO role, I don't know, but at least the responsibility of the security function falls on the shoulders of someone who actually has control over that function. And that's a pretty significant demarcation, I think, what I've seen in the past. So to sum it up, I think we've identified sort of three ways that this goes a little sideways, right? Number one is the one you sort of expect. Somebody finds themselves in the role, realizes they need to learn more and some good recommendations on ways they can phone a friend, find other ways to get the information they need. Sometimes the realization will come at the hands of the person who put them in the job, right? And they should be supportive and understand how to take advantage of the fact they already have halfway home. They've got a double. They just got to get around the next two bases. And they should support it. And I like the one you just brought up, right? Which is that sometimes it may even be a savvy individual, maybe in sort of the right role, but if the organization doesn't realize the importance of the role beyond the individual, the importance of the role and the information necessary to make that role successful, then that's an organizational thing that has to happen as well. Yeah. I think that's, that's a pretty good sum up. I'm good. <laughs> Love it. All right, man. Should we wrap this one up? Absolutely. All right. Thanks to everybody listening. Another excellent episode of Pwned. If you have questions, comments, you have content ideas for the show, whether it's items for our mailbag, um, you have ideas, breach of the week, you have products you have questions about, or just industry topic areas like you would like to learn more about, please send them in to pwn.newharborsecurity.com. We, we are now in our fourth season. We are now a US tech top 100 UK Tech Top 100 podcast. Um, if you like our show, please rate us five stars. Please share with your friends. Please help share all the goodness of the show. And uh, thanks, and we'll get you on the next episode.